This is a clip from BGCast. You can listen to all their content at ForbiddenKnowledge.News and all podcast platforms. Just click the link in the description to get access to all their content now. We're going to be having some very interesting topics, but first things first, what I would like to tell you, I'm just double checking my speakers because of the reverb issue we've had a couple of the past shows. I've seemed to taken care of that. Um, first things first, <laughs> if you have not seen South Park enter the Pandaverse, you've got to go see that. <laughs> <laughs> I give credit where credit's due, at least on this, and the um, the culture jamming, as well as calling Disney on all their shit and their woke hypocrisy was actually fantastic. Thank you for that. I give the South Park guys credit. All right, so this has been kind of a special episode I've been in the works with for a little bit now. And I know a lot of people, when they hear the word magic or ceremonial magic... They automatically think that there's something evil involved. Well, you're not necessarily wrong. However, one thing we've talked about here on BGCast quite a bit is there is the balance that the dark and the light cannot exist without each other. There is no existence of the dark without the light. No existence of the light without the dark. Okay, so, well, yes... Ceremonial magic can be used for black reasons and nefarious reasons. It can also be used for heavenly reasons and divine reasons. And this is just something I want to clarify because this is the exact kind of method that the predator class uses to manipulate us and to manipulate our consciousness and keep us in a state of fear. So let's break down the differences of magic first because I know a lot of people when they think magic it's Wicca, practical magic or some kind of sacrificial magic. That's not what ceremonial magic is. Ceremonial magic is a little bit different. So um, let's get to the five types of magic. All right. Let's kind of go over these real quick and then we'll actually kind of start breaking down uh, what higher ceremonial magic is. Some of his practices you can utilize to gain protection for yourself so you're not subject to the consciousness attacks and you're not subject to anything that this predator class wants to throw on you. So not all magic has the same practice or intention. That's true. Religious practitioners and contemporary Western paganism recognize multiple types of magic, but it's not just paganism. Um, Christian mysticism has its magic, uh, the Kabbalah is the magic of the Torah. It is not just a pagan thing. So that's one thing I want to clarify with everybody real quick because immediately when people think about magic, they think about witches, sorcerers, pagans, Wiccans. Not that I'm hating on that. You guys do you, okay? But like that's not what it is. So in the scholarly sense of the world, magic is a continuum of practices that run from small-scale informal rituals acts to large-scale events and sacred buildings, both inside and outside of sanctioned religions. So guys, you guys have heard me say always, um, focusing on the subtle, right? And how actions and acts themselves are very powerful forms of intention, okay? If you guys did not catch my Consciousness Creates Reality episodes, I have a few of them down below. I'll gladly link some in the comment section when I'm done. But long story short, okay, if consciousness does create reality, 
and that is the form of the organic technology that we're dealing with and that would mean acts rituals and things like this are very powerful things that can cultivate or manifest certain things into your life it's not always a material thing it can always it can be for a spiritual reason you know um one of the reasons i started imbibing in the light or the white form of this is because i'm looking for spiritual sustenance in my life and that's one of the reasons why i did it i did not care about manifesting a new car i did not care about that i know some of you people might but i don't so that's just kind of why I even started this practice to begin with. So we know that acts and actions and rituals are very powerful things. And again, if I need to do the definition of ritual real fast, it is any religious act that is done in repetition. So remember guys, going to church is a ritual. Receiving the communion is a ritual. Ash Wednesday is a ritual. Okay, so let's not jump the gun here. Just keep an open mind. All right, so... Let's take a look at this article again. So we have magic derives from the Greek magike, and the first time it appears in print is in the title of a now lost work attributed to Aristotle. And it is specifically referred to as the art and craft of Zoroastrian priests from Persia. So some of, if some of you do not know what Zoroastrianism is, it is very early Christianity. It is what I would call proto-Christianity. And if you just Take a second to look at what I'm saying. You'll see that it's absolutely true. As it did for the Persian priests, modern magic involves behaviors, actions, and methods intended to interact with and influence the supernatural world, usually involving the use of an occult or secret body of knowledge. But the boundaries that define what is religion and what magic are variable, and to an extent are set by practicing sect or even an individual. So one of the things I'm going to say, guys, is that you know, um, magic is used... Um, pretty much by every religion and every philosophy in one way or term. I mean, you can call it prana, you can call it ki, even though those are life force energies. And in that aspect, understanding and recognizing that life force energy is a form of magic in and of itself. So, and when you recognize these energies, you can utilize them and you can cultivate them for what you're trying to do. I know protection is a huge thing in my community right now, so we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit also. So let's go ahead and continue on the article. So the common modern usage, so we got ceremonial magic, right, which is high magic. Ceremonial magic is a type of magic that depends heavily on book learning, precise, complicated ritual, and intricate sets of correspondences. I disagree with that because one thing that I've learned in my journey of practicing the higher ceremonial magic is once you understand the intent and the symbols, you do not need the intricate accessories, the uh, complicated rituals. Uh, you can do a meditation and do the ritual in a meditation. I know that might seem taboo to some of the other ceremonial magicians out there who are really kind of hard-grained in the logistics of things. but. I've learned that uh, once you get the understanding of what these rituals are doing, you can do them in a mental way. You can do them in a mental concept because in all in all, it's the intent and the action behind the ritual, not the ritual itself, at least in my opinion, that leads to the desired results. In the West, ceremonial magic was almost entirely rooted in Judeo-Christian myth until the see Judeo-Christian myth until the late 19th century. Even today, many ceremonial magicians continue to work within that context. And you'll see why, because when we get to the rituals, there's a lot of names of, excuse me, archangels, 
the many different names of the divine and things like that. Ceremonial magic is also high magic. It is meant to have a spiritual purpose rather than a practical one. Like I was just saying earlier, um, it's meant for spiritual sustenance. It's not meant for practical magic. It's not meant for, you know, um, manifesting material things or anything like that. I mean, you can use it for that, but that's not its ultimate purpose. Um, it involves improving the soul, which might include gaining divine knowledge, purification, the attraction of proper influences, and embracing one's destiny. So, real quick, while I got you guys on ceremonial magic, it was almost entirely rooted in Judeo-Christian myth. So this is why I get on the fence when people want to call stuff like this evil, that this practice was actually rooted in Judeo-Christianity and the Judeo-Christian religions. So, um... Keep an open mind. Let's keep going. So, and then we see that this is for improving the soul, which might include gaining divine knowledge, purification, the attraction of proper influences, and embracing one's destiny. I don't think anything's pretty evil about that, guys. Mm -mm. I don't think anything is evil about that. So we got folk magic. We got, historically, folk magic is the magic of the common folk. It has all manner of practical purposes, healing, attracting luck or love, driving away evil forces, finding lost items, bringing good harvest fertility. I know a lot of people who still practice folk magic. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just their preferred route. You know, we all have our preferred routes, guys. Um, records of these practices are largely non-existent since practitioners were generally illiterate. Rituals were simple and probably evolved over time. They involved everyday they involved everyday items, plant material, coins, nails, woods, and so forth. So, guys, there's many different kinds here, um, and so let's keep on going.